Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is Managing Editor James Kleiman to talk about wholesale lenders and specifically what Phil Shoemaker is building at the Loan Store. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking with Christina Bennett, Senior Vice President of UWM Sales, about a career in the wholesale channel. Christina, becoming a broker can seem daunting. What advice do you have for those looking to join the channel? Honestly, Sarah, becoming an independent mortgage broker is very easy. There's a lot of resources out there to be able to help people, whether looking to join an independent mortgage broker or become an independent mortgage broker. They can go to beamortgagebroker.com. We have step-by-step plans of how to become an independent mortgage broker. Or like I said, even if you're just looking to join an independent mortgage broker, it's very easy, it's very fast and efficient. And like we all know, it's best for consumers. Thanks, Christina. And listeners, you can go to beamortgagebroker.com to get more information. Okay, we are ready to dive in. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good to be back, Sarah. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I love talking to you about what's going on uh, with lenders specifically. Of course, we can branch out, but we had a really interesting interview this week published um, that Flavia Ferlan Nunez did with Phil Shoemaker. Tell me a little bit about that uh, interview and why, you know, what what's up with Phil that is so interesting right now? Yeah. So Phil, of course, was the head of originations at HomePoint. So he was really running sort of that that forward side of the business for what was at the time for most of its uh, lifespan, if you will, uh, the third largest wholesale mortgage lender in the country. And, and they really grew phenomenally quickly. And um, they also, I think, died a fairly quick death as well, I think it's fair to say. And so we really wanted to talk to Phil about some of those lessons learned at home point, which didn't end the way a lot of people wanted it to end. And also what does the future look like given a really difficult operating environment at his new shop called the loan store. And uh, I, I like to think back to, I believe it was April 7th. And that is when the news dropped that home point capital, which was the parent company of home point, the originator uh, announced that they would be selling the originations business to a company called The Loan Store. And I had the same reaction a lot of people had, which is, who? I had never heard of them. And I like to think that I'm fairly knowledgeable about the wholesale space. And they had just not been on my radar. I asked around. I've, I've got a, a pretty good text group with a couple brokers from across the country and only a few of them had ever done any business with them or knew really anything about them. And so they had, they, they've only been around for a couple of years and they're based out of Arizona and they're a pure play wholesaler. And that in and of itself is pretty rare. UWM is one of the very few pure play wholesalers out there. Most dabble a little bit in correspondent. Many operate in all three channels, but there just aren't a lot uh, that only do the wholesale lending business. And for the vast majority of its recent existence, the loan store has been a $20 million a month shop. And so you do the math, 
That is a very, very, very small lender. HomePoint would probably during the boom in 2020, 2021, maybe do that in a day or two, right? So it's just, you think about the scale, you think about the difference in um, kind of one operational capacity, but two, where we are now in, in the cycle in mortgage lending and in wholesale in particular. And I think it really makes a lot of sense. And so Phil Shoemaker has been around the mortgage world for quite some time. He was at Caliber before landing at Home Point, and he's got a bunch of friends in the business. He knows a lot of folks and um, the loan store was run by a couple of his friends. And so it was a really a natural jumping off point. And as Phil tells it, both he and Willie Newman, the CEO of HomePoint wanted this deal to happen. And, and I think it's partly because there was a contrast in what HomePoint was versus what the loan store is. HomePoint run by a private equity group, investors for most of its time as a publicly traded company uh, were, I'd say, hard to please. And, um, you know, they were under a lot of pressure to deliver both as a stock and as a company. And so you have really two two different masters to serve. And, and I think that changes the way you allocate capital, the way you prioritize and home point. I think it's fair to say made some mistakes. And among the mistakes was they didn't really capitalize the asset in, in really what I think was kind of an organic fashion. And so they didn't have a methodical process by which they would uh, you know, water, <laughs> water the garden consistently every month. It seems uh, a little chaotic at at points in Home Point's um, you know operating lifespan, and they never quite nailed the technology element of it. They had this Frankenstein system where it was uh, you know part proprietary, but also part white label, and it led to really high costs. And they had a staff of 160 people just dedicated to maintaining and updating the software, which had outages and was really a frustration for a lot of people. And then on the operations side, the underwriting at home point really went through a lot of, um, I think, challenging periods. Uh, one consider the whole of it, you know, pretty, pretty rocky. They had a lot of loans that had to be bought back by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And and I think just in the end, HomePoint grew way too big, way too quickly, and they had to serve their private equity masters, and they never really nailed operationally how to be extremely cost efficient. And I don't think those concerns exist at the loan store, partly because no one had ever heard of it, and you can really build it as you go. And so that's actually an advantage in a marketplace like this where HomePoint was competing against Rocket and UWM, and UWM in particular is is ruthless as a lender, as a business entity, and a lot of the the practices that they put into place, a lot of the strategies, effectively, I think, were the nail in the coffin for HomePoint, and it just got to the stage where they couldn't compete. If you talk to Phil, he'll tell you they don't want to compete with UWM, um, and some of the reasons that HomePoint was never really able to be as efficient a lender to compete directly with the entrenched number one and number two, Rocket and HomePoint, uh, Rocket and UWM, excuse me, is they couldn't get their cost bases low enough. 
you don't have hundreds of technology workers. You don't have hundreds of processors and underwriters. You don't have a workforce of thousands that you need to support at the loan store. Probably a hundred people total at this company at this stage. And so your competitive pricing is, is much stronger than the apparatus that needs to support a major company like HomePoint. And so I, I think they're in a really good position because when you look at the wholesale landscape, I've said this before, it's still Rocket, UWM, and help me out, Sarah. Is there anyone you know? Is there anyone big at number three? No. I mean, it's it's really, it's, it's just not not really a space that a lot of their competitors are pushing big resources into. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there and the space in general is growing. So, you know, um, Flavia really asked him about our, you know, their, the whole idea of just operating in wholesale. And, and he really made a case for why that makes sense in this market and going forward. Um, what did he say about that? So he said that the, the model is just, it's a lot stronger right now if you want to access the purchase market, the primary market. And the reason is because the borrower still has a great deal of choice, even setting aside some of <clears throat> the criticisms of UWM. If you are a broker and you have good relationships with a number of different lenders, even five or six I think you probably have a big advantage, not just in terms of the product, but just the variety of different options that you can offer. If you're really a good wholesale loan officer, you can offer just a lot of different options that a retail LO probably doesn't have access to. And although it's a pretty competitive market in wholesale, um, and, and that's because you know UWM and Rocket are good at what they do, right? They they didn't get to the size they are by accident. Um, there are still a lot of those choices, and and for a broker who probably has UWM as their number one, I don't know that a lot of them have a clear number two. And at one point, HomePoint was that viable number two for a lot of brokers out there, but. They had a lot of troubles with the underwriting, as I mentioned, and, and some of the operational shortcomings. Uh, and, and we spoke to a lot of brokers when we were reporting on the downfall of HomePoint, and many of them said, look, they just <laughs> they, they weren't a very good company to send loans to toward the end. And and we don't really have, you know, a very clear number two that that we like to use as an alternative to UWM. So it's still a good space, I think, because if you're a broker LO, you don't have the same struggles as a lot of the retail LOs in that you have a network. If, if you have already survived 2022 and the first half of 2023 as a broker, it's because you already have those established connections with agents or financial advisors or whomever. Um, but you're, you're probably an eat what you kill LO and you do self-gen, right? You're not just picking up leads that the lender is buying off nerd wallet and sending and hoping that you're going to be able to close them. Um, it's just a very different process. And so, you know, the loan store has the opportunity to work right now with, I, I think it's around, around 9,000 broker LOs. 
they don't have the capacity to work with that many. You would need to hire so many account executives and processors and underwriters and, and right. You know, we, we talked about how kind of home point kind of collapsed under the weight of all of its, you know, operating obligations. And, and I think the loan store is probably going to be much choosier and they're going to work with the brokers that are one very purchase focused and two, probably people that already know the AEs and already know Phil and, and some of the other folks at the company, because, you know, these are also not rookies. Like even though it's a new company, um, they're, they're bringing a lot of, uh, knowledge. They're bringing a lot of experience to bear. You know, that was, um, the headline on this is, you know, lessons learned, right. That, um, at home point that he, that Phil Shoemaker is now applying as, as he, as he builds a brand new, I mean, it's not brand new, but like build something up from, from where it was. And one of the things, one of the points he made was exactly that, that when they look, you know, there's a model for lenders who bring in new people and train them and, and, you know, uh, maybe pay them less or whatever. And, and that's not their model at the loan store. They're really looking for experienced and, you know, people that they may have to pay more, but they feel like, you know, maybe that, um, really helps in some of those customer service areas we've been talking about. Yeah. And I think during 2020 and 2021, when every lender in America was really ramping up and and trying to meet that extreme capacity demand, you know, really the unicorn years, right? Probably years that we won't see again for a very long time, maybe not even in my lifetime. Um, but, but setting that aside, during that period, a lot of the lenders tried to bifurcate their labor systems. And what I mean by that is instead of having a loan processor who handles uh, you know, the, the full file from start to finish, they have maybe three different people who do each part of it. And they have very specialized knowledge and are very good, very efficient at that one part of it, but don't have as much insight into the whole of, of how you do processing, you know, for soup to nuts, an entire mortgage loan. And, and that really became a big trend as these companies hired thousands of workers because you just can't find like a thousand processors in a competitive environment that can do everything from start to finish. Right. And and now we're, we're I think back in more of the normal years where it makes sense to find people who are a little more experienced, who are a little bit more savvy, who could maybe do a couple jobs, right. They're not going to be hiring a thousand people at the loan store. There's no, sense that that I get that Flavia got in talking to Phil or other people who are at the loan store that they want to be, you know, another another thousand person plus lender, they're looking at 100, 140 people. So this is not going to be home point part two. This is not going to be UWM. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those kind of maybe not boutique-ish, but lenders that are more comfortable executing and and doing alone very well and being able to have stronger margins uh, while still paying their account executives who are keeping the relationships with those brokers that are bringing in business that are uh, really uh, solid professionals. And, you know, one of the reasons I think they were so excited about the opportunity to jump into the origination space with the loan stores they had a pretty solid underwriting track record. They only had a couple loans that had been bought, that had been bought back, um, you know, in demands from Fannie and Freddie. And I think that speaks to their professionalism because as we've reported, 
that's been a major problem for a lot of lenders. And especially now, you know, when you're eating a lot of money, if, if Fannie and Freddie say, you got to buy it back. Even if, as we've reported, uh, some of those buybacks seems, seem to be um, pretty picky things they're, they're, they're uh, looking yeah. at. Definitely picky, for sure. You know, some of the other thing um, from the, you know, we talked about the employees and kind of, you know, what they're looking for there, the talent, but also um, Flavia asked him straight out about the technology. I thought one one thing I really like about this interview is I feel like Phil was very open about what worked and didn't work and what, um, what he was really trying to do different at this time. And I think that's refreshing. And also um, it's just, this is the way businesses and life is right. You, you do some things and there were some things he took from that experience that he felt like they did really well. And then there were some things that they learned from, and one of them was the technology specifically. And he even said, you know, like, um, I, I think he would say he wouldn't build in-house again. Yeah. And <laughs> we both had prior jobs before we came to HW, right? And I, I think you probably, excelled in some things at the prior job. And upon reflection now, you think, you know what, I probably could have done that much better. Or this is something in, in my current role I, I would I would do differently, right? And and I think if you're a professional and you don't reflect upon that, you're not really growing as, as either a person or as a you know a worker. And so I, I thought he was very candid and Phil generally I think is a pretty candid guy, one of the more candid executives in lending. And yeah, I'm into the technology point. Certainly the technology at HomePoint was, according to, God, we, we talked to probably a dozen sources. Every single one of them said it was a big mess. I mean, it was a huge mess at HomePoint. And it was, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, sort of this Frankenstein system where, you know, it was, it was uh, an ICE platform and then they had their own customization and it just required so much tinkering and and it would go down all the time and it would frustrate people quite often and what they're doing now is just saying we're just going to run a straight LMA program we're not going to be uh you know trying to create something that is tailored to our needs. We'll learn how to use it. We'll make sure everyone is trained. Everyone is really solid on how to integrate it. Um, but uh, they make good products and the products are pretty standard in the mortgage marketplace. And they're the sorts of tools that integrate well with other plugins and other vendors. And, and I think this will be a lot cheaper for them in the long run than trying to both operate your own system and having a dedicated workforce. And then also, you know, having to pay the monthly fees or yearly fees to the vendor uh, ice in this case. Right. So I, I think it'll be better. And unless you are one of the biggest mortgage lenders in the country, or if you are particularly talented or have a specific maybe niche or skill set or, you know, need out of your technology, if you're doing, let's say, 90% conventional vanilla kind of mortgages, like, why do you need to start your own technology? Like, what, what, you're not a technology company. Like, you're a mortgage lender. Just be a mortgage lender. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be a programmer, right? I, I think a lot of companies really got sidetracked and distracted by this idea that you need to, you know, that there's like an arms race to be the best technologist in mortgage and 
you know, people talk a lot about UWM's technology, Rocket's technology. They've invested hundreds of millions of dollars each into their technology. Lone Depot has probably invested several hundred millions of dollars as well into their technology uh, over the years. And to even try to play catch up at this point would be foolish, right? So why do it? it? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you're going to be hiring people, the vast majority of them have already worked on, you know, either an LOS from Black Knight or uh, ICE or another one of the big companies out there, right? So I don't see a lot of value in doing that. I, I think it's probably a pretty expensive gambit to try to do it on your own. And I don't know what the payoff is, you know, and, and a lot of people talk about UWM having such incredible technology. Their technology is good. I think most people will tell you that they are uh, very smart and do it pretty efficiently. But the reason that UWM is such a monster as a mortgage lender is not because their technology is like 50 times that of any other company. It's not like I have the iPhone 14, Sarah, and you're using like, you know, whatever the dudes in convertibles had in 1988, right? Like it's, it's not that big a divide. What makes UWM so fantastic at, at origination is they're extremely efficient in everything they do. It's not just the technology. It's that they're you know, really very focused on costs, and a reason, the primary reason that most mortgage lenders in the first quarter, I would imagine probably the second quarter lost a couple thousand dollars per loan is that there weren't as focused on cost. It's not the technology. The white label technology you're going to get from Black Knight or ICE or whomever out there, whoever's pretty reputable, isn't going to be that much different from anything else. It's not going to make you a good lender overnight or a bad lender. You know, and Phil really emphasized in this um, in this interview that it was the quality that the loan store had. They, they kept it small and they really focused on quality. And so, like, uh, I thought something that was really interesting is that when they talked about uh, buybacks, you know, we, we said that at Home, Home Point and at other places, there uh, that's been a, a big hit. Um you know, Phil in this interview said that at the time they joined the loan store, uh, they originated like 7,600 loans and there were only seven loans out of that 7,600 that were bought back. And so I think it's it's really a focus on quality and over quantity. Um, and, and part of that, um, I, th- I thought his strategy on products was really interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So they're really looking to capitalize on that purchase market. I think if you're a mortgage lender and you do purchase well, that's a fairly sustainable business. Uh, if you are a little bit too focused, maybe on refi, that's where I think you start to see these really, really big volatile swings uh, because just it's so rate dependent and that's not necessarily the case on the purchase market, right? It's like 90% of loans out there right now are, are purchased, right? And so what they want to do, and and I think it's a pretty smart idea, is really target some of those buyers that are buy before you sell. And it's, you know, not the case in in every situation. There are plenty of homeowners out there who have second homes or they're investors. And it, but, but if you're looking for the everyday consumer, the vast majority of them need 
to be able to sell their home before they buy the home, right? Or it's, you know, it's that sort of transaction that requires sort of that, that dance. And so they're going to be executing a partnership with Homelight and they're going to be creating liquidity for the borrowers in their current homes, which will make it easier for them to get into a new one. And there are, there are a bunch of sort of those like power buyers out there and other similar companies that do something like this where they'll in effect like give you kind of a bridge loan uh, and one give you the ability to pay in cash for a small percentage, one, two percent, whatever it might be. Uh, but but it's really making sure that if you are going to sell your home, you can buy very quickly, but you also need to address the inventory part of it, right? Like the reason none of the lenders are doing well right now, UWM included, relatively speaking, is there's no inventory. Like just straight up, we're down like what, 50% really from last year. And and even all the new construction that is coming to bear, the vast majority of is multifamily and that's going to help with rents. And, and, you know, it does help somewhat with supply, but this is not the panacea for the sales market by any stretch of the imagination. So they still need to work on that. And and even if you're a mortgage lender and you can't directly address it, you can focus on, you know, certain programs that will get you a little bit closer to the, you know, the professionals, the practitioners, and making sure that you have products that, uh, you know, someone who is ready to buy and sell is able to take advantage of right then and there. I think it's so smart. You know, we've been, Logan and I talk a lot about um, whether there's a mortgage rate lockdown. He has a particular definition of that, that I think we're saying the same thing. We all know, right? If you, a lot of people, 40% of the people in America don't even have a mortgage on their home. Um, I think think it's 37% of the last quarter or something like that, right? And you know, it's so many of the the people are boomers who are, you know, in their sixties, seventies in some cases, and they just they paid they paid off the rest of their debt or whatever, or you know, they they bought a new house and used the money from the old home to to pay without a mortgage, and that's you know. But for the vast majority of people who you know have a mortgage and refied and are are under four percent, let's just say that's you know some people are you know low threes, um, so. To, to entice them to uh, list is really one of the biggest hurdles right now. So I really love that um, home point is taking it on head on with home light to uh, it's a smart, it's a smart strategy, I think. Yeah. And, and I, I hope it works for them again. Like they, they don't plan to be a, a top five lender in America or anything like that. Who knows? You know, things could always change, right? Uh, plenty of people never plan to be, you know, where they are in life and they ended up taking that path anyway. So we'll, we'll see, but, but I, I think they really want to be sort of that 400 million a month kind of lender, which would still put them in kind of the midsize tier, but wouldn't, you know, they're not going to be buying Super Bowl ads, let's just say. Right. It's great to see someone from the industry, um, you know, build something different and uh, will be interesting to look at and, you know, also, you know, land in a good place. And and some of those people that were with um, HomePoint land in a good place. So that's a, that's a positive. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about with wholesale? I know that we had just a, a figure technologies launches wholesale lending, lending platform. So, I, you know, it's not a... Um, uh, a huge story, but I did think it was interesting when we're talking about wholesale. Yeah. So figure you may remember that they had, um, they had entered into an agreement to merge with uh, Homebridge based out of New Jersey 
And the deal went on and on and on and on and wondering, hey, what's going on with this? And then suddenly you hear, oh, uh, <laughs> the deal collapsed. It's no longer happening. And Homebridge ends up, um, you know, merging with another company a couple months later. And Figure has really been kind of a, you know, trying to work out a lot of the technology elements of of their mortgage products. And they've been especially focused on HELOCs. And if you are a wholesale broker, you know, I, I doubt you probably work with HELOCs very often or home equity loans all that much. And so it is, however, a product that is a little bit more in demand because so many people do have a lot of equity in their homes. But the HELOC home equity loan space has been dominated historically by the depository banks. And if you've already worked with a consumer, maybe you helped them get that house a couple years ago and, you know, they have a lot of equity. Maybe they have some, you know, their daughter's student loan debt that they want to help pay off or they have medical, you know, whatever. People sometimes need to take money out of their home. Um, why not go through figure and, you know, work with the mortgage broker that you've already uh, got a relationship with instead of trying to form a new relationship with maybe a credit union or PNC Bank or Bank of America. So that's that's kind of the play there. You know, figure is not a huge lender. That's not where they are. Um, but it's definitely a product that I think will be utilized certainly by, by people in wholesale. And and just in general, you know, where we're starting to see a little bit more diversification uh, of loan options and, and different products in the wholesale marketplace. And we're starting to see uh, a bunch of lenders turn away from wholesale, but some turn toward wholesale. And so, you know, we, we talked about uh, the loan store already, but uh, EPM based out of Atlanta, they've always done some retail. They've always done some wholesale. They're now moving a lot more toward the wholesale part of things. And and I think that's pretty interesting. It is a growing marketplace, um, but it's, um, it's, it's quickly becoming a marketplace of few in, in terms of big volume. So uh, I think it'll be good to see more active engagement in there. And, and they also have a lot more access to certain non-QM products. And, uh, you know, in, in a marketplace like this, I, I think consumers could really benefit from having a lot of different options. And, and certainly you're not going to find more options than the broker channel. Yeah, I love that. And and the fact that figures is giving brokers another option, another, you know, at this point, any sort of loan options that you can get that you didn't do in, in the past, that's a bright spot. Um, so great to see them doing that. And James, thanks so much for being on. You always have a, you know what's going on in the lender channel. You and your uh, reporters really cover that so closely for our readers and for our audience. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.